This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Cause I'm TNT, I'm dynamite. TNT, and I will not fight. TNT, I'm a power load. TNT, watch me explode. Good evening and welcome to the Andrea K Show. I happen to glance over and see my buddy DJ Carrot Sticks who cracked me up. Hey, baby. My life is very good. I am very happy. <laughs> <laughs> the Russians have taken over AM 1170. They've taken over DJ Carrot Sticks' brain. Oh, my gosh. They've taken over the brains of a whole lot of American people for crying out loud. Fear and loathing in the United States of America. But there, there isn't fear and loathing against the right people going on right now. Uh, the left literally has more fear and more hate and more loathing for America, for Christians, conservatives, for the Judeo-Christian principles on which this country was founded than they do anybody or anywhere around the world. This whole stuff that's going on, it isn't because they care about Russia or so worried about Russia. They didn't know, did, did the left care at all when, when Obama leaned over and whispered to Medvedev, hey, you know what, I'll have, more, I'll have more flexibility after the election. Did they even bother to ask what that meant and flexibility to do what? They mocked Romney at the, in the 2012 debate when he said uh, that Russia was the greatest geopolitical foe that we faced. And Obama said, hey, Mitt, the 90s called, they want their foreign policy back. Oh, ha, 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 that was so fun. They worried about the Russians? The only thing they cared about with, with Hillary Clinton was that the reset button didn't work. They didn't bother to ask what she was doing over there, what she was resetting, and how the Clinton Foundation was lying in their pockets to the tune of millions of dollars, thanks to the Russians. They didn't care about that. This is, this is an administration, an Obama administration, that immediately went and had a Napolitano clear out the Department of Homeland Security Intelligence and wipe strip it of anything related to radical jihad and make the greatest threat in the Department of Homeland Security documents in the counter intelligence plan from Department of Homeland Security. They oh, literally took out everything related to Islamic jihad and replaced You're it right, with and, uh, veterans returning from the Iraq war and right wing okay, extremist. And then they went on throughout the years and blamed global warming. So they don't care. They're not worried about Russia. Any more than they're worried about radical Islamists. They didn't care that the Boston bombers had been over there. Now, yeah, it was Chechnya, but still, former USSR, there's crap going on over there related to radical Islam. The left didn't care. They don't care about Russia. What they care about is trying to stop Trump because Trump represents everything that they fear and everything that they loathe and they hate. He represents America. He represents Americans, Christians, conservatives. He wants economic policy. He wants national security policy that all literally put America first. And that's really what they care about. And that's really what they loathe. They loathe everything American. And that's what this is about. Now, I could be wrong because I was on a show last night 
And one of my good buddies, who's a host on an amazing show, she actually thinks that there could be some there there. She says that I'm getting a little too ahead of things by saying that there hasn't been any Russian hacking. So, you know, I could be wrong. I'm open to it. I'm willing to hear if there's evidence, but I want to hear that there's there's actually been evidence that the Russians actually hacked into something related to the uh, election system and that they actually had some impact on the results. Because this is this is nothing but a Hail Mary attempt one week before the electors go and certify President Trump as the 45th president of the United States. This is nothing but a Hail Mary pass to take over this country and take it back from Trump and from the American people. Now, my next guest, Ryan Sorba, is going to be with me in a moment. Uh, is Ryan on the line right now? Excellent. Yay. I've got with me, he may be here to tell me how completely wrong I am with this, because, you know, there are some people, we got McCain and and Lindsay saying, hey, wait a second, there may be some there there. So joining me to tell me whether or not I'm off my rocker about all this is Ryan Sorba. He's been on the show, but I think only once before, so I'm super excited to have him back. He's chairman of the Young Conservatives of California. He's an author, he's a columnist, he's a GOP strategist. Hey, Ryan, welcome back to the show. Hey, Andrea, thanks for having me. Okay, well, I'm not sure if you heard my open, but, you know, I still say, in spite of the fact that there's Republicans who I consider rhinos and even some other well-meaning people who are saying that they think that there could be some there there with this Russian hacking scandal. Where are you at with it? Well, I agree with you. Um, I think that the Democrats are looking to blame anyone but themselves for losing the election. And, you know, I think that the emails that were leaked highlighted nothing more than Democrats being shady. And they're trying to take, I mean, I don't know what they're doing. The election's over, but harping and and droning on about these uh, leaked emails about how Democrats were trying to, uh, you know, screw over Bernie Sanders and, you know, all the rest of it. I mean, it's horrible for them to continue to relive this over and over and over again. You know, it's, you know, and I, I mean, Hillary's got an insecure server in her basement where she's sending national security information that's supposed to be top secret. And, and she's over here complaining that somebody's emails got hacked. It's like, give me a break. Well, yeah, I mean, basically, it's a self-hack job. I mean, it's a hatchet job on herself and on the Obama administration because cybersecurity is a very real threat that we face. You look at what China did when they broke into Office of Personnel Management and went back taking 30 years worth of of identities, including a family member of mine who's worked at Justice and, and different you know large agencies for 30 years. I mean, major compromise. The Obama administration didn't do anything about that. And there is no and there's no evidence. I have not in. in even those on the right who were saying, well, the CIA has confirmed. Really? Because I haven't heard one source from the CIA come forward and say, and since when does the CIA actually issue press releases involving highly uh, classified information? And you even have Clapper, who's the director of national intelligence, coming out and saying that he's not seeing any proof that Russian hacked into the election system. And let's say that they did. Let's play this out, Ryan. Let's say that they were actually the people behind WikiLeaks, although Julian Assange says that it was not Russians. Two former ambassadors, Bolton and Murray, both said that it was a leak, that it was not a hack. You even had a Russian agent on Twitter who said it was not Russia. Hillary is to blame for her loss. She's for blame. Actually, this Russian agent went on to say that she's 
she lost because she was trying to turn America into an Islamic ghetto like Europe. Hashtag Europe is dead. Okay. Exactly. Uh, really. Um, so there's no direct evidence that Russia did any hacking. Uh, there's, and even if they were behind the WikiLeaks. Let's let's play this out. Okay, so Podesta wants to drag the electors up to Washington D.C. and tell them that Russia hacked in and was behind the WikiLeaks. So then the electors say, "Okay, Russia leaked is behind the WikiLeaks." Was any of the information that was revealed false? No. And the, exactly. So then what happens? The electors are going to go, "Well, you know what? We're still going to vote for Trump." And w what are they going to do then? They're going to cast their vote for Trump, and then they're, they're going to go out to a restaurant and eat on the taxpayers. Right. It's ridiculous. And, you know, the information that re that was released highlighted the conniving, deceptive, underhanded methods that the Democrats were using to run their campaign. And it, it appeared as though the Republican uh, emails that they tried to also uh, hack the Republican emails, but the Republicans had better security system well, in place and they didn't get hacked and maybe they did get hacked and even if they did and we don't even know about it nothing was released maybe that means they weren't doing anything that underhanded and shady that was found well, i mean it's that's what Julian you know. Assange said. He was asked a question on an interview. I don't remember which outlet. And he was asked, why didn't you guys reveal anything about the Republicans or about Trump? He said, because there wasn't anything to reveal. Right. And even when, yeah. even in the debate, when she tried to accuse Trump that he was behind Russian hacking, he said, I don't know who did any hacking. Now we find out that that exchange was because both campaigns had supposedly been told that Russia was hacking. So let me get this straight, Obama and Obama administration. You guys supposedly know that a foreign government was hacking into our systems and you did what to stop it? Right. And guess what? You know, the ABC and all these other liberal news outlets are over here talking about Oh, well, you know, this take calls into question our democracy and fair election practices. No amount of truth that you reveal about our own participants being shady calls into question the authenticity of our election process. In fact, it helps our election process become more transparent and become more fair and more real and more true. And so... It's, you know, the Democrats have been shady for years. With Project Veritas, we discovered that Hillary Clinton operatives were funneling money to radical weirdos, giving these bums money to go get violent at Trump rallies to try to make it appear as though people hated Trump more than they really did. And I don't care if you're China or a Martian. If you release that information and we learn the truth because of it, Thank God. And if there's something on the Republican side that gets released that we should know, thank God. And if they can't get to it, doggone it. I wish they did. Well, I mean, yeah, they, weren't, they weren't trying to commit voter fraud like Acorn, Obama's ex-employer. Right. I mean, you know, in, in, yeah. in terms of saying that, that this is similar to the thing with the recounts where they were cherry picking, you know, which state they wanted to go into in a recount, right. supposedly, supposedly under the guise of, well, we got to make sure we have, you know, fair elections. Well, you right. know, yet they refuse to consider, you know, voter fraud, the ha the yeah, real, the, re right, the real, right, the real fair elections. But if you're an illegal alien, you can vote with your DACA card in North Carolina. And in fact, if you come to us and ask us the question, can I vote with my DACA card? I slipped through the system at Project Veritas. We discovered, yeah, you can. And they'll encourage you to vote. 
illegally, fraudulently. There are uh, groups in North Carolina that were going to bus people to election sites. They were going to, there were people call in South Texas called politicaras that are liberals that literally have like tons of absentee ballots mailed to their house. They fill them out, like 100 of them or 50 of them or something. They work with some mailmen uh, in secret who give them all these absentee ballots, give them to the politicaras. They fill them out for whoever they want. They charge the candidates to do it. And then they also rent a bus and take it around and give people free meal vouchers and gifts if they'll get on the bus and vote for who they tell them to vote for. Right. A- absolutely. And that's been going on in Vegas for a while. And we actually even had a guy from Southern California who was on a on a cable news network recently who described the documentation process in which they can go for not a whole lot of money up to San Bernardino and get passports and driver's license. They can get a, mm-hmm. a, a three pack and then they can use that to go vote. Can I ask you to hold over? i got to take a quick break. Can you stay around for another segment? Sure, no problem. All right. If you're just tuning in, this is the Andrea K. Show. I'm talking to Ryan Sorba about the Russian hacking. The Russian hackers, they're here, baby. Actually, I'm here, and I'm going to be right here on the other side of the break, so don't go anywhere. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hadley of the Hadley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Back in the USSR, baby. Hey, don't let anybody fool you. There's fear and loathing going on, but they're not fearful of Russia. They're fearful of us, the American people, and what we stand for. In fact, they kind of love, the left here kind of loves the policies of the USSR in the old days. The liberals, the progressives, in fact, they want, to take, they want to take America right back to those Marxist principles. They want full control over us. What this is about with this Russia hacking, they don't want free and fair elections. They want power. Hillary Clinton, Ryan Sorba is with me. Ryan, it wasn't that long ago, what was it, like two months ago, Hillary stood up a debate, and when Trump was asked, and only Trump was asked, by the way, not Chris Wallace, Chris Wallace didn't ask Hillary, he asked Trump, are you willing to accept the outcome of the election? He said, well, you know, I have to see how things go. Oh, my gosh, Hillary said. That is just, I'm appalled. That's just horrifying that he wouldn't accept it. You know, we're known, our country has a proud history of peaceful transfer of power. But they don't, they're not going away peacefully, Ryan. First they blamed, first they blamed uh, Comey. Then they blamed 
the alt-right and the white nationalist and supremacists, like we're all a bunch of skinheads. Then they blamed fake news. And now the real fake news stories that they're blaming rushing hacking. If this doesn't work with the electors, what do you think their next play is? Well, before I get to that, I want to say, you know, it's funny how Hillary Clinton came up with the whole Barack Obama birther conspiracy. But then Trump brought it up or anybody else brings it up and they're kind of crazy. But yet when Hillary Clinton brings it up, it's okay. But yet when the Democrats say that Donald Trump, uh, you know, was in bed with the Russians to expose the truth about how shady the Democratic Party is, all of a sudden their uh, mainstream news and mainstream, you know, thought process, there's no black helicopters to be found. And so it's, it's a ridiculous double standard. And you're exactly right. The double standard continues with Hillary Clinton at the debate talking trash about how Donald Trump said he was going to look into the results of the election. And at least he was being honest about it. At least he wasn't being shady about it. You know, he said what he actually thought. And Hillary Clinton is she speaks out of both sides of her mouth. She says what's ever convenient to her. Well, one of the things WikiLeaks revealed was that she's got a private position and a public position. Her dishonesty, her hypocrisy mirrors what the entire Democrat Party's about. Everything that they're accusing others of is what they're about. They're the party of racism. They're the party of Marxism. They're the party of total control. They're the party of intolerance. They are the party that wants to they dangle carrots out to the different identity groups out there. Come vote for us and we'll give you this little item here. Meanwhile, the fence gets closer and closer and closer in until we're all under complete control. I've got a question for you that was posed to me last night and there was a disagreement between me and another friend of mine who's a host. I'm not convinced that WikiLeaks actually did sway the election. I think that the stuff that was, which is really the basis of their claims, that Russia interfered and swayed the outcome. In other words, if it wasn't for WikiLeaks, Hillary would be, she would have, you know, uh, have won the election in spite of the fact that WikiLeaks didn't didn't hack her teleprompter and tell her to call everybody deplorables. Wiki, you know, it wasn't the Russians who hacked and, and you know, and said the whole Benghazi thing and the illegal gun running operation and told her to blame it on a video. Uh, but still, I think that with WikiLeaks, I think the American people had already seen her corruption. I think the American people already knew who she was. She already had a trustworthy issue. And, you know, it, the American people who are suffering economically and are broke and don't have jobs, that, that's what Trump was about. The, the American people who saw refugees coming here and murdering Americans. I don't, I don't really think WikiLeaks affected the outcome, do you? It's hard to say. I, I don't know that they did. I think that America was pretty decided. I think that the demo, okay, the, the mainstream media tried to make the Republican Party appear to be in a civil war with itself when it really was not in a civil war. The Democratic Party was in more of a civil war with the Bernie and Hillary supporters, Hillary doing every underhanded thing that she could uh, to screw over Bernie Sanders at the convention, before the convention, etc. She didn't play by any rules. For her, might makes right. And that's a dangerous philosophy to live and die by. And that's the reality is the Democrat. There were a lot of Democrats that did not vote for Hillary and some of them in secret. There is a woman out of uh, Orange County. I went undercover with the Democratic Party down there. And there was a couple of Democrats having a conversation secretly saying, we're going to vote for Jill Stein. 
because we're so mad at Hillary for what she did to Bernie, and we were Bernie supporters. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to say that because we don't want to, like, hurt her chances. But we know she's going to win California, and so we're going to toss our vote to Jill Stein. And so there were a ton of Democrats that thought Hillary Clinton was disgusting. Yeah. And thought that at least they could trust Bernie Sanders. And a lot of those people did not go vote for Hillary. So it it may not have. It may not have swung the election. But I do remember hearing a lot of Democrats talking about how shady Hillary Clinton is. Right. I mean, the Benghazi scandal. Right. Well, let's talk about shady. Excuse me for interrupting. Mm -hmm. In in regards to shady, one of the things that came out at the time – came out actually in August. I reported on this at the time. You, One of the things is with, oh, Trump's cozy with Russia. Tillerson, we're going to talk to Dan Perkins in a little bit about Tillerson in a few minutes. Uh, the, the big thing coming out today, oh, he's a puppet from Russia. I don't know if you saw that WikiLeaks actually back in April, what, one of the things that was revealed with WikiLeaks, they were starting this Russian narrative back with Rand Paul and trying to tie it to Trump in, in emails between them going back to April. Every bit of this has been a part of a very calculated plan. Meanwhile, the reality was, who's really been cozy with Russia? And I reported on this a while back. Hillary Clinton, during her reset, was involved in not trying as Secretary of State to go around other countries and try to get them to invest in America and bring manufacturing and bring jobs and invest in America. She actually spent time as a fundraiser trying to set up a Silicon Valley over in Russia. And 17 of the 28 American, European, and Russian companies that ended up getting involved in this um, Skolkovo initiative ended up being major donors to the Clinton Foundation. So, you know, the American people, I think, you know, really knew who was corrupt. And the WikiLeaks stuff, the primarily most of it didn't come out until October. And I said at the time, I really don't like October surprises because most people have already made up their minds. Early voting's already happened. And, you know, most people have already made up their minds. I got to leave it there. What's your final thought, Ryan, before we go? This is just a Democratic Party's attempt to throw, like monkeys, throw you-know-what at Donald Trump in a desperate attempt to try to uh, make him appear to be shady when he wasn't, and they're just sore losers. And my final thought is this. I'm extremely happy that they are just riling because we whooped them. Despite all their cheating and deception and shadiness, we won, and we've got a great president who's appointing awesome people to great positions. And I am incredibly optimistic about the next four to eight years for America. And go Trump. And I'm I'm proud to be an American, and I feel like it's America again that I'm living it in. It is. Thank we, God. You, well, you're not the only one who's optimistic. The Dow uh, closed somewhere around 20,000. I don't think it's quite gone over that mark yet, but it continues to go up and up and up under the excitement. Ryan, thanks for being here. All right, Andrea K. Show listeners, don't go anywhere. we got more on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. One more Andrea K. Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K. Spelled K A Y E. 
Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hadley of the Hadley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Um, I'm calling this my useless news you can't use segment. And I got to thinking about it last week because I was, I don't know why I said something about, you know, told a little something about me. And it had been a while, a few years ago when I first started my show, I did a series of little, little known, little things you didn't know about Andrea K. Not that anybody really cares or wants to know, but I thought, why not? Because I'm always curious about other people and I've got new friends and new people that listen to the show uh, since I started it. So I got to thinking, of course, I was wondering what I should share. What, what would be appropriate to share. Okay, sure. Do you have a question? But one of the things that's, um, I got the idea to share this because recently I was getting oh, okay, my makeup yeah, done at another uh, outlet over there when I was over at Tipping Point. And she was kind of surprised to find out that I wasn't good at makeup, didn't like makeup because I was very right. much, I was uh, very much a tomboy. What a lot of, she was shocked to find out that I was a tomboy. I was such a tomboy growing up that I was a rough and tumble kid. I grew up being called accident prone, but I wasn't accident prone. I was so rough and tumble that I just tore myself up. In fact, one time I was riding, <laughs> I was riding bikes at Camp Lejeune at Terrible Terrace. We called it Terrible Terrace. I was riding bikes with no shoes on and literally scraped all the toenails off off my feet. And I was sitting on, I will never forget, I was, I think it was like five years old. I was sitting on the porch with one of the Reen sisters who, we called them the Reen sisters because they all had the Reen, like Maureen, Laureen, Doreen. There was like six of them. And one of the Reen sisters was sitting there comforting me. I don't know where my, where my parents were because I was back, you know, when we were kids. I mean, we just did our own thing in the neighborhood. And then it wasn't long after that where I jumped off of an air conditioner and almost bit my tongue in half. And um, I think there's a lot of people who kind of wish that that had happened because what the doctor said at the time was that if I had successfully bitten all the way through, there was nothing they, they could do to repair the tongue. So I went around for like six weeks or two months with my tongue swollen so big in my mouth, I literally couldn't talk. But thank goodness, because but for the fact that I didn't bite it all the way through, I'm able to be here with you now. I went on to bust eardrums, knock holes in the roof of my head that had to be stitched. I mean, I literally was in and out of the emergency room <laughs> so much that at one point, the doctor put me in his lap and asked who had done that to me because they literally thought that I was being beaten up at home. I mean, that's what kind of kid I was. So anyway, I was dynamite in shorts and no shirt and no shoes most of my life growing up. Anyway, enough about me. Um, far more interesting is my next guest and my buddy, Zan, Xander Gibb, who's on the phone. Hey, Zan, welcome to the Andrea K. Show. 
Good evening. How are you? Well, I'm good. Um, you know, I, I'm actually... Um, in really good spirits, in spite of this whole, you know, the Russians have taken us over uh, crap that's going on in the country. Um, and one of the things this just really just just made me laugh and just cracked me up is the highly anticipated movie Miss Sloan came out over the weekend. And, you know, as soon as I don't know when this movie went into production, but, you know, Hollywood for years has really over over exaggerated their own self-importance, their own effect on America. They have, they thought that because they took over every motion picture, every TV show, every, you, you can't, every commercial is all so liberal biased agenda. And they really, it probably came as a complete shock to them that their celebrity endorsements didn't work right. But one of the areas that Trump won on was the second amendment. Because they know the American people understood that Hillary Clinton was coming after our guns, really in one way or another. And so they had this movie, Miss Sloan, come into production, starring, what's her name? Um, Jessica Chastain from The Help. And I don't know, did you hear that it flopped worse than Madonna's offer to Hillary voters before the election and what she was going to do to them? Did you hear the numbers? Uh, yeah, I, I heard it was it was like you know the worst the the worst kind of flop since uh, since anything of Madonna's. I think even Madonna's stuff did better uh, <laughs> than this. Um, but uh, but I think that the clear agenda with this um, was a lot of why people didn't want to see it. But I think the biggest question we have to ask is um, who funded this? And I'm 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 prepared. You know, I don't have a lot of money right now, but I'm prepared to put money on it that the gum lobby have had a big the anti gum lobby even. Uh, excuse me, have had a big hand in paying for this monumentous flop. Yeah, um, of course they did. You know, this was, uh, you know, um, I I think this was all very coordinated. In fact, I'm pretty sure of it. You had Katie Couric, uh, who, you know, Miss Sloan was pimp slapped. Well, you know what? So was Katie Couric after she did a very kind of similar documentary uh, trying to set up and and make the the gun right, the NRA and other organizations just look like evil villains. Um, And then I found out that actually the director of this movie, Miss Sloan, he actually said that he was... Uh, motivated to do this movie because none other than Harvey Weinstein, he's got a movie coming out with Meryl Streep called The Senator's Wife. I'm not sure what accent Meryl is going to use in that movie because, you know, who is Meryl Streep if she's not putting forth some accent, right, that we're being tortured to death with? I predict that that flops as bad as Miss Sloan. Miss Sloan ended up 79th, she had the 79th worst open in 35 years. And, you know, I got to thinking about um, Jessica Chastain, because when I saw the trailer to this movie, my niece saw it over the weekend and said it wasn't like the worst thing she had ever seen. But I, lo- I looked at the trailer and the vacant look on her face. It's like, uh, of course, she got nominated for a Golden Globe, Xander, because if you're if you're an actress in Hollywood and you want to get nominated for an award, all you got to do is either go ugly like Charlize Theron playing a serial killer, let them ugly you up or go ugly against conservatives in America. Okay. Now, Jessica Chastain is a beautiful woman, but I got to look at this and think that when I saw the vacant look on her face, it's as though she she I, I don't know if she just completely brain dead or if she just didn't even understand what the Second Amendment was. And she was just reading lines from a script. Um, but I'm just really pleased today that this movie tanked. Um, Me too. 
me too. And you know, the other side of this as well, you know, as an actor, I know you're you're an actress. Uh, and the thing is for me that, you know, I, I can't really afford to turn down roles. But if I'd been offered a role in this, I would have had to turn it down because my conscience has to uh, kick in and before uh, my eyes go ka-ching. And that's obviously what happened with this girl. But sometimes when you are involved in projects like this, it kind of follows you. And, you know, Hollywood is very mixed. It's not, it's, you know, the people that study this ideology that, it, that it's all liberals and Democrats, it's not true. You know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of people out there that remember these things and will not want to cast you because you've done a certain thing that, that portrays a certain ideology. So you have to be careful as an actor what you pick. And I have a feeling, you know, we're probably going to see her in a furniture advert very soon. <laughs> well, you, there was this one woman uh, from, I, th- I don't think it was Grey's Anatomy, the blonde woman. And she was with uh, the other actors who ganged up on this one guy and ran him out of town, Isaiah Washington or whatever. She was in a cat litter commercial. And, you know, she was she was run so far down uh, into the G list. She didn't even get fresh step. Okay, she was she wasn't even hawking like the top cat litter. But I want to move on to another story because, you know, so that was that was Hollywood attacking the Second Amendment. And that's going to continue. And and no doubt Harvey Weinstein's movie is going to tank as bad as Miss Sloan. Um, But who knew that the Brady Bunch, Susan Olson, actually was doing talk radio, but she was. And I guess she was fired after she got into a um, a online confrontation with openly gay actor Leon Acord Whiting. uh, Yeah. Who? It's Leon. When, actually, when I first read Leon, I thought, well, maybe that's the guy who was married to Cynthia Bailey from Real Housewives of Atlanta. But then it's like, no, he's not gay. Yeah, um, so, I, I mean, what happened here? Do you know? Well, I, I kind of looked into this a bit more because a lot of people have been asking me about my opinion about this. Um, and, and, you know, I'm kind of P-I-double-S'd um, about this whole fa- thing fr- from this very perspective. There's obviously been a back and forth. And you and I both know that on social media that people want to attack you, whether whatever, whatever level you are on the celebrity list, whether you're A-list or Z-list or B-list or whatever you are. And this guy has obviously not been saying to her, I love your acting, Miss Olsen, and let's go and have tea and crumpets, he's obviously been pretty crap to her in order for her to react like this. Could she have chosen her words a little bit better? Yeah, she probably could, but I read I read this what she'd said back. I read this this commentary and, and just and you know and just for and just for clarity, you know, I'm openly gay. Um, and, and and so I, I didn't find what she said um, offensive. I didn't find it homophobic. But but here's what really made me angry about it. Now it's what has happened since gay marriage has gone through and it's kind of submitted this that that the, the the gay people have, have have almost become this protected class that you can't disagree with them in any way shape or form and if you do you know even me as an openly gay person you're a homophobe and that infuriates me um, so you know I wrote an article um, uh, last year saying that if you disagree with me that makes you xanderphobic which which is equally as stupid of course but this is what I wanted to to point out maybe she shouldn't have used the term um, but she didn't, she didn't, you know, I mean, I'm going to say the word. She didn't say, hey, dude, you're a fag. She said, you're uh, faggy A-double-S. And, and, and really, we, I, we didn't get to see what he'd said to her. 
And so it was clearly a back and forth. But what really bothers me is that her First Amendment rights um, have gone straight down the pan because because gay people now are, are in some kind of protected class. And it bothers me. Well, it bothers me, too. I will say this. You know, I believe in at-will employment. I, I don't know what her contract was with them. I'm here at a conservative station. They do monitor our content. And if it doesn't fit within the brand, uh, we can be told to skedaddle. So I believe in at-will right. employment. I don't really know what the situation was there with her. But I, what I didn't like was, and so maybe what, what she was putting out there didn't match, uh, you know, the, the station and their brand and, and really what they wanted to do. Um, but still, I didn't like that he wrote, uh, getting fired is never a happy event, even when the person deserves it. This is less a victory, more a badly needed course correction. Um, so he's happy that she was shoved in a closet and had her civil rights denied. And, you know, um, that to me is what is really disturbing, because one of the things that I've said to my LBGT friends is you're not you're not on uh, a you're not on a course for looking for civil rights. This isn't about civil rights if your goal is to deny the rights of others. And exactly. in terms of being a protected class, the the gay people, I would just tell you this. I don't know anybody that's got any proof that anybody was born gay. I think all they have is opinion. I don't know because I've actually got gay friends of mine who tell me that it's a choice. There's nobody who's got proof. Just like the people who, like Cindy Olson or anybody else, all they have is opinion. And the government should not be deciding whose opinion is more valuable than anybody else's. It's all supposed to be protected. And you look at what's, what has been done with the witch hunt to, you know, Joe and Chip Gaines down in, down in Texas. These, yeah. people, these people have never said a word about anything, but because yeah. their preacher somehow had an opinion, they have literally been targeted for a witch hunt. Meanwhile, there is nobody going around to any mosque and confronting any Muslims for their beliefs and for the fact that they are a- actively promoting Sharia here in this country, which right. wants to put to death homosexuals. Yes. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of, um, it's, you know, since, since gay marriage was, was passed in this country, and, you know, I think everybody should have the same rights, um, but but uh, since, since gay marriage has been passed, there are some people that, that consider themselves a member of the LGBTQABCDFG ever extending acronym, acronym community that, that feel like they're untouchable. And, and I'm, you know, I'm kicked out of that community because I don't, um, I don't comply. I won't agree. And if I don't agree, I won't agree. And I don't want to be a part of any group that tells me how I should think or feel. Um, and the problem is that the world around has to conform or just like this Susan Olsen you know, they're going to end up losing their jobs. And the thing is, at the end of the day, she, she maybe could have been a little bit more careful in what she said, but I didn't think what she said was was, was, was too offensive. Well, um, you know, who's to... What he said to her. Well, wait, you know? and, who's, and who's to decide what's offensive? See, the left has done a really good job in, in coming up with definitions. The definition of intolerance is this, and the definition of hate is this, and it's always what they want the definition to be. And, you know, it, it, and it's um, the conservatives and Republicans have allowed them to get away with it. The goal is hate speech legislation. It is to criminalize speech. And people like this guy down there, uh, I, I don't Leon, whoever he is, he's perfectly happy with the idea that somebody else is not allowed to speak. But you know, be careful for what you wish for, lefties, because when you start pushing for, I started the show by talking about fear and loathing. They fear and they loathe America, American traditions, and Judeo-Christian principles. They don't fear Russia. What they don't realize, though, is that what the left is really all about in this country is the old USSR uh, 
policies. They want right. they, they don't want to remove God from state. They want to replace God with state. They want to have complete control over thought, over information, over everything. And the left will not escape the tyranny themselves. Final thought so, for us, Zan, before we got to go. Um, stop, stop listening to the BS and, um, and stop uh, condoning, condemning everybody that disagrees with you as a hater. You know, love is louder. Love is louder. Got to leave it there. Thank you so much, Zan, for being here. Always a pleasure. All right. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to pick it up on the other side. I, before I go, though, I want to tell you guys, when I posted my useless news segment, little things that you didn't know about me, tell me something about you that nobody knows or that very few people know. Post that on Facebook and don't go anywhere. Get more on the other side of the break. Traffic. 15 freeway northbound at Claremont Mesa, a crash, third lane from the center divider blocked. And uh, they're calling for right, tow yeah. trucks, unable to move everything to the right shoulder, so extra caution needed there. Location again, I-15 northbound in the vicinity of Claremont Mesa Boulevard. Right. 52 freeway westbound at Convoy Street, a stalled car there, and the off-ramp is said to be affected. 94 freeway westbound near 30th, an accident in the tending stages right side. And 163 northbound at the 8 freeway, a crash there. Update brought to you by Anderson Plumbing, Heating and Air. Get a free furnace with the purchase of a complete new system with Anderson Plumbing, Heating and Air's December special. Call 800-530-1102 for all of the details. You can also go online to andersonpha.com slash free furnace. Call now and warm holiday wishes from Anderson Plumbing, Heating and Air. I'm Richard Turnage, JM 1170, The Answer. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hadley of the Hadley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Boy, this is our final segment. We're just rolling along here. Hey, before I get into my next guest, I want to tell you guys, we've got some giveaways going on on the AM 1170, The Answer mobile app. Go to the mobile app, download it, enter to win. There's movie passes, there's Chick-fil-A meal cards available on there. So um, go to AM1170, the answer mobile app giveaways. I want to hear a couple things from you on Facebook. I want to hear a little known fact about you, things that most people don't know. I revealed something about me that most people don't know, kind of embarrassing. I also want to know, I'm going to put a poll question up a little bit later. Do you think there will be an electoral college upset that something can happen? Or do you think that this is going to blow over? I really want to hear a serious question. Uh, That's my serious question for you guys. Going to my next guest. I think that 
one of the reasons why this is a Hail Mary pass on the part of the left with this Electoral College thing and this whole Russian hacking, hacking ridiculousness is they are so not just upset over the loss for Hillary Clinton and that Trump won, but they are looking at the success he's already had with Carrier. The announcement with the Japanese business guy, SoftBank, I think it was, bringing $50 billion here. They're looking at his nominations for his administration and literally freaking out. But Trump is continuing on. His latest nomination, two nominations today came out. The big one. The one that everybody's been waiting for. So much speculation. Was it going to be Mitt Romney? Was it going to be Rudy Giuliani? Oh, my gosh. Was it going to be Sarah Palin at one point? People were speculating. Ends up being a surprising but yet not surprising pick in the CEO of ExxonMobil, Rex Tillerson. Joining me now to discuss this is... Dan Perkins. He is a foreign policy expert. He's an expert in in foreign policy from a couple of different areas, from an energy oil expertise area, as well as radical Islam area. uh, area. Uh, He's a blogger, writer, ReaganBaby.com, TheHill.com. Dan, welcome to The Andrea K Show. Good evening, and thank you for having me on. And I was—I don't know what happened. We, we didn't connect earlier, but I'm glad you made time for me on your show. Well, thank you for, for hanging in there with us. Actually, another little-known secret to the Andrea Keisha listeners is I think it might be time for me to get some reading glasses because I think I wrote <laughs> I think I wrote down the wrong phone number. But we got some time with you. Okay, so Tillerson. Uh, you know, um, the Washington Times uh, has a big article. Is he a Russian puppet? Oh, my gosh, they are completely freaking out, Dan. Right. Andrea, um, you're my ninth interview of the day on this subject, so hopefully I've I've figured it out by the time I get to you. But I've I've been thinking about what's going on, and there's two things, two observations that I think are important to make. One, for the first time in the history of our country, the government is going to be run like a business with business people running it, not politicians, not bureaucrats business people. Remember that the business of America is business. The other thing is, if you study what's going on, you can only come to one possible conclusion how Mr. Trump is going to get this economy growing again. Nobody seems to know that. I think I know what it is, but I think Mr. Trump knows about it too. The one thing that's going to create millions of jobs in this country, good paying jobs, is energy. We have the opportunity to become the largest producer of oil and natural gas in the world and export it around the world and put millions of people back to work in good paying jobs in America. And when you think about the selection of Rex, who is an oil man, who has negotiated oil contracts in 50 different nations, He knows the world of energy, he knows the players, and he understands what's happening in the world where the leadership is changing away from OPEC to the United States. And let me let the listeners know. Go ahead, finish that thought. I'm just just going to say, in addition to two other cabinet possible, uh, one a possible appointment and the other, other appointment is for... The EPA, he's bringing in the attorney who's suing the EPA mm-hmm. on many of their outlandish regulations. So who better to drain the swamp of the EPA than a lawyer, an attorney general, who is suing them for their stupidity in their in their regulations? And two, 
this this current guess is that perhaps Rick Perry from Texas might be the Energy Department uh, secretary, and his assignment will be to get rid of his job. Well, yeah. In fact, he that was the department, the one that he couldn't forget in a debate in 2012, is the, is the one uh, department agency that he said that he wanted to dismantle. I love it. Somebody said on yeah. Facebook earlier today that, that his it's his picks almost come from the the aisle in Kmart that says of, of the, the items that the Democrats hate the most. Um, what I, I think you're right on in terms of what this pick of Tillerson means. What does it indicate in terms of Trump's foreign policy plan? And I think his foreign policy plan in does involve economics as much as it does to keep us safe. And, you know, I was talking yeah. earlier on the show about Hillary Clinton as foreign policy. What did she do with Russia? She got involved in setting up the Silicon Valley over there. The problem was her job as secretary of state in fundraising and bringing businesses and jobs to countries just provided jobs over there and lined the Clinton Foundation pockets. It didn't do anything for us over here. And what, you know, I, right. what a lot of people don't know about Exxon is that they they're uh, if they were a country, they they would be the world's 41st largest economy, bigger than the Philippines, right. Chile, Ireland, and Finland. Uh, his company employs twice the number of people as the State Department. You know, I heard this morning somebody on uh, some young woman, uh, hysterical, he's friends with Russia. He actually shared a glass of champagne with Russia after he did a deal. Oh, my gosh. And I'm thinking, I come from the world of, of corporate business. I worked for Xerox, not as big as Exxon, but a large company. And it's like, of course, mm -hmm. you you, you close a deal, you have a glass of champers with the best business. I did half my I did half of my business over cocktails or over lunch or on the golf course somewhere. You know, people just don't get it. They don't understand that when you're at that level, you you're diplomacy skills, your negotiation skills are better than anybody that we've got in the United States government right now. Who do we got right now? Secretary of State. Some buffoon who came back from Vietnam and badmouthed his military, you know, brothers and tossed dog tags. Right. And then after after the Paris terrorist attack had had some bad folk singer go and sing. I mean, come on. So I, I think that that that, that, it, that it, it further cements my belief that what Mr. Trump is saying that, well, as you pointed out so accurately, both foreign policy and domestic economic policy are going to be driven by making America not only great again, but make it the power in the world of energy. For 43 years, we have been restricted in exporting crude oil from the United States by Jimmy Carter. Yes. And that, that left a year ago. And now we're in a situation where we have and we were under the thumb of 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 OPEC for 43 years. Mm -hmm. We're no longer there. And if you see what's going on and understand what's going on in the oil markets, that the OPEC nations are on, on the edge of bankruptcy. They desperately need an oil policy that allows them to allow the price of oil to rise to some reasonable level. When it rises to a reasonable level and it's already there for the American frackers, mm -hmm. we have the ability to compete and we can compete in China and India, the two largest energy markets in the world mm -hmm. against OPEC. Well, listen, I'm, I'm hoping it happens because, you know, I come from Louisiana where at one point out by way of Lafayette, there was a billboard that said after the oil industry crash that said last one to leave, turn out the lights. But foreign policy will absolutely involve radical Islam. Does this guy have the goods to understand that threat and actually work with Trump in terms of dealing with that? I think he I think he does. I, I, you cannot be on the global stage 
in 50 different nations and knowing all the leaders in the world that Rex knows and be and not be aware of the threat of ISIS and what to do about it. But I think part of the threat to ISIS is going to be as America's economy grows and it's built on energy and we destroy the infrastructure of OPEC to financially support ISIL, it's going to make it very difficult for them to survive longer term. All right. Well, I appreciate you being here. Uh, do you think that he's going to have a lot of issues in nomination, the nomination process? Because there's even uh, some of the rhinos that are concerned about him and his ties to Russia and his friendship with Russia. I, I don't I don't really think, Andrea, that's an issue. I think it's it's much to do about nothing. I think that there uh, one has to be careful in this this Democrat controlled media the interpretation of what people are saying. And so I don't put much stock in what, what the New York Times or the Washington Post or the networks are saying because they're slanting it towards their own bias. Mm. And that makes it difficult for the American people to, they're not, the people are being misled. And I think that that's a disservice that the American media is doing. But Trump is trying to tweet out through Twitter and he's doing a very effective job what it is he really means. And so forget about what the mainstream media is interpreting. They think Trump is going to do and whether these appointments, this man was elected for change and anybody who gets in his way for change will be, in my opinion, will be removed from office, period. I hope so. Well, hey, thank you so much for hanging in there and being on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. I hope you be back. I'd love to come back anytime. Thank you for having me. All right. Okay, now it's that time of the week where we, the much anticipated hero of the week and last week's fool, this week's tool awards. Um, you know, the hero is really, that's the tough one every week. I always put it out there to you guys. There's so more fools and tools than there are heroes that this is always the toughest one of the week. Um, and one act- uh, suggestion actually cracked me up though. And since we started the show talking about fear and loathing and the Russians and and all of that, um, Drew Rutberg, he had a suggestion for Hero of the Week. He said that the Russian hackers and because they they gave they gave us President Trump, according to the left. And you know what? It cracked me up. But let's say it's true. Hey, you know what? Hey, we got a real president who's going to actually make America great again. So, you know what? Let's say it's true. Let's say the left or right. Thank you, Russian hackers. Um, seriously, though, I think my fallback might be for Hero of the Week might be the story of the man who happens to look like Santa. He's got a white beard. He wears a cute vest, a hat, and, you know, goes around every year to Six Flags. And I think it was a Six Flags in Texas. I'm not exactly sure. He's been going there for years. And when the kids come up at Christmas time and think he's Santa, he hands them candy. He got kicked. He got kicked off of the amusement park grounds said he looked too much like Santa, and they they demanded that he change his costume. He was like, look, I ain't wearing a costume. This is just how I dress. I mean, he just kind of digs that he looks like Santa, and it makes the kids happy. And they and, and he's got an annual pass. They, like, go there every week to walk around in the amusement park, you know, just for, for exercise. They wouldn't even give him his money back. They kicked him out. So he's kind of maybe my hero of the week, because anybody who literally takes time out of their day to, to and do go that far to put a smile on strangers kids faces is kind of a hero to me there was another santa oh my gosh i don't know if you guys heard this story the santa who went to a hospital to visit sick kids and there was a, a terminally ill child who died in his arms and you know he's also a hero maybe i either need to change it to maybe patriot of the week if we wanted to be a big name or maybe just go to just you know 
non-celebrities, just everyday Americans who are doing things that are heroic. Heroic. Maybe we're going to do that. Let me know what your thoughts are for there. Um, for Fool and Tool of the Week, actually, I was kind of surprised that the majority of the votes went to fellow Delta Zeta sorority sister, believe it or not, I'm ashamed to say this, Joy Behar, who actually said that we needed to get rid of Trump before we ended up with a hammer and a sickle on our flag. I think a hammer and sickle has already been removed, has already removed her brain from her head. It's ridiculous. Runner-up, McCain and Graham, who are so green with envy that they've jumped on the Anna Karenina Russian hacking train to nowhere. Anyway, thanks for being here with me. Love you all. Thanks to all my guests. Have a great week, everybody. This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group.